Well, follow up from episode zero. We have a name. We have a name. That was all we accomplished in 90 minutes. <laughs> that's, that's all we attempted to accomplish. That's though. true. Yeah. We accomplished we, exactly as much as we attempted to. We were very clear about what we wanted to accomplish and we did. One so, for one. Save it for the show, which I've already seen other, you know, well, well more accomplished. Is that, a, is that how I would say that? No. Other, <laughs> other, uh, you know, popular podcasting people who have been using that phrase after we already locked it down. Of course, what, I mean, there is a show called Save it for the show. Oh, is there? Like okay. 200 odd episodes, but it's nothing like ours. Well, nothing exists until I know about it. So, well, I mean, for what it's worth, like I am was, a heliocentric <laughs> universe for what it's worth. You ever listen to any slate podcasts? Any what? It's from Slate. Oh, no. The Slate. Um, so I listen to The Gist, which is a daily show that Mike Pesca does. It's kind of interesting because Mike Pesca really has been a sports guy. Like he started as a sports guy. And now he does this news show. But then he really loves sports. He, I think he used to be on Hang Up and Listen, which is Slate's sports show and uh, sports podcast. And anyways, he just wrote a book called Upon Further Review. Actually, he like facilitated the writing of the book. I don't know. Because <laughs> each chapter is done by like different people. I think that he did some of the chapters and other people did other of the chapters, but he helped the idea get started. But it, it's this what ifs in sports history to say, hey, if this one, this slightly different thing goes on in history, then uh, then how how different like things Like what if Draymond Green didn't get suspended for game five right. in the 2016 finals? Right. Yeah. Not that we're, not that, <laughs> not that this is being recorded, you know, during game five of the Western Conference Finals yes. in 2018 for, you know, history's sake. Mm -hmm. Four minutes to go. Oh, gosh. If you hear any weird groans <laughs> or, I don't even really know why I care. I don't really, I don't even have an NBA team, really, but I guess I do. I guess you My do. My body tells me that I do the Apparently. way I get stressed out about, yeah. Apparently. But we have a name. Save it for the show. And I don't care if there's another show called that. Absolutely. But anyways, so Mike Pesca does a podcast called, called Upon Further Review that are about certain chapters of the book. Well, I went and subscribed to it today, and there are tons of shows, unsurprisingly, called Upon Further Review. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's fine. When we need a media empire that we can... You know, it's it's not this save it for the show. It's whatever our media empire's name is. Right. That's well, kind of like how you have you have websites with the same domain, but as long as they have a different TLD, you're all good. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You know what the TLD is? No. Top level domain. I want to say dot com dot net dot org. Oh, okay. Dot okay. pizza. Yeah. Dot pizza. <laughs> dot podcast. Dot engineering. Dot engineering. That is a new one that I've seen recently. Really? Yeah. Because Slack has a blog that is something something dot engineering. Okay. <laughs> it's really just their medium blog. You know, they have a blog called Several People Are Typing, which is like their consumer blog where they make announcements and whatnot. But they also have a their engineering side. Does it say that in a channel if several people are typing? That's what it says. Okay. Yeah. When several people are typing. Very good, very good. But this is several people are coding. 
but they're yeah it's dot engineering i can't remember what the front end is but it's interesting it's all above my head but i like following the slack updates because slack makes my life better at work and my personal life me and my wife (laughs) we talked about this in episode zero yes we chat on slack i um anytime i post a picture of uh, slack it's just you and your wife well no it needs to be (laughs) We, it's not, but it needs to be It's just madness. It is. Yeah. But people harass me. They're like, if I post something, you know, if I take a screenshot of a conversation we're having and I post it, people are like, do you really talk to your wife on Slack? Like, what, what is that? What's that about? Like that Nothing wrong with Slack. They should harass you about the fact that. Well, they don't have to know about that other part. Only you or others need to know about that. But it's, it just makes my life easier because it's all right. I like live in that app all day for various uh, work related activities. And just it's easier to bring my family related activities in there, too. It's good. It's good. OK, I know we have a, a good topic tonight that I'm excited to talk about. And I'm excited about probably next week, too, because I figure that's going to be some kind of WWDC guessery. Yeah. Because it's getting close. Yeah. You want to... So, I don't, I don't know if this... What's the phrase I'm looking for? Buries the lead. Like the opposite of buries the lead. Um, But do we want to talk about the iPhone SE 2 rumors well, before we get into history? I mean, which, I know it's going to come up for you. I mean, we can save that for next week if we want to. Well, I think we can we can tease it. So, <laughs> or you're just gonna go. You're just gonna go down the the rabbit so you've hole. You've seen the rumor from like a week and a half. Ago I have, but I this, didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even look at it because I, I just figured, you know what, Philip's gonna tell me all about it. Just it just doesn't even seem real. Why is this case <laughs> what manufacturer? Is it? So there's this case manufacturer who has been right about a number of different dimensions of phones before, like yes. early on before they've been released. They've kind of said, hey, we're making this case. It's going to need dimensions. And they've been right about it. I think even like the iPhone 10, so like new stuff, it's not like, well, you got the iPhone 8 right after the iPhone 7. Like, give yourself a big pat on the back for that, right? <laughs> oh, you you thought the camera may get bigger from the 6 to the 7? Well, thumbs up. But um, so, I mean, you know, like brand new form factors they've been right about. Mm-hmm. Well, they're saying that basically with their design... They're saying that the iPhone SE 2 is going to be a iPhone 10 style iPhone SE sized device. Which is just rude and mean <laughs> because... Because it's your dream. It doesn't make a lick of sense. It's your dream phone. That they would invest the top technology in well, a device that really, like the whole point of it is for stragglers who don't care it depends on what you mean by top technology because it may not be full-on tin style meaning probably it wouldn't be an oled screen but it would it would have the the front cameras the face id like if you go face id the not i mean and it just doesn't make any sense that they would invest that much in that form factor. Well, it does if they charge more than three forty nine for the phone. Of course, they would have to at that point. But that 
just kind of ruins the whole real point of the phone because the phone is not meant to be the best phone for me, even though that would be the best phone for me. That doesn't make any sense. So I had this eight um, from from work that we talked about a month ago, and it's just it's a two handed device, and I don't really want a two handed phone. I love the size of the SE. I just wish it was all display. Like the I mean, SE, this, the SE all display. Phone. I think it could still be a one-handed phone. No, it would absolutely be a one-handed phone. Absolutely, but it just has no. It has no real reason to exist. I don't think. Well, I think it does. If the plan is that all the phones will eventually be all display, because the other rumor is for the fall that there are going to be the the you know the eight S models, if you will are also going to be all display, but right. L- LCD. Right. So they'll still be a little That's cheaper. That's a weird rumor. I mean, That's once weird. you, once you open Pandora's box, it's got to spread out, especially if in two weeks we see new iPads teased. That's true. That are basically full display. It's going to happen. But do you, do you think if the iPhone S, if the iPhone SE two was going to be the greatest device ever for you no that would just be the greatest device ever yes it would be the greatest device ever for me but yeah for me especially but do you feel like that would i i think that would make it more likely that it gets released in the fall with the rest of them rather than in june yeah i see what you're saying there like would it be because then who would buy for well for one who would buy any eights until now but you know between now and september when they could buy this se that fits their hand better and is still all display where the you know the eights not it's the same old iphone that we've had for forever i see what you're saying there like but if they're if they're gonna tip their cap as to here's the SA2, SE2 coming in September and it's all display. Well, then why wouldn't they already just start showing the other stuff too? You know, like they wouldn't just show one if they're not going to release it somewhat soon. They already missed their March deadline, right? I mean, that's when the, the original SE came out. I mean, there are no more deadlines for Apple. They will sell things for the longest time. Well, it's like these stupid red phones every, every spring now. Well, every spring, the last two springs, the last two springs, they bring in like who buys those? <laughs> I mean, really, why? Who, who they would sell way more People of who, them if they had that color option in the fall. Yes, who, who buys those red phones? People, you know, I mean, I don't see. Have you ever seen a red iPhone SE? Not an SE. I've seen. I'm, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, wait, are you breaking news? iPhone seven. <laughs> I have seen a red iPhone seven. Yeah, it's not not for me. Well, the red iPhone seven had the white front, right? Which you and actually don't mind. You had a white. Do you have a white front now? I well, yes. I don't. No, because all all the tens are black on the front. Oh, but that's right. White on the back. Yeah. That's right. But you had a white front. I did. Yeah. When I had my six. When you had your six. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the white front? I didn't even think about it until I heard people talk about it. You know, like it just, it was never even a thing to me. And then once I heard someone talk about, 
you know, it you can you can just it's so much more glaring as to where oh gosh. <laughs> Basketball update. Uh it, it's so much more glaring now where where the screen actually is, you know, in in terms of it just doesn't seem like this seamless experience on the front of your phone when you have uh, a black front, but it didn't, it didn't bother me until someone pointed that out. I just primarily liked the, the color better than, and, and, and more so the silver finish on the back than, you know, the matte black or, well, I say the, the black of, or the space gray or whatever it was, you know, on the, the six and the the five S now when I had my seven, and they came out with that matte black option. I was all about that. And I really liked how that looked. Um, just the whole phone itself, the you know, just the way it looked. Um, but now you don't have to worry about that with the 10. And for these red people, whoever these people are that buy red phones, um, they fix that problem on the 8 of, hey, let's use the black front because that's going to look a lot better. And I mean, I don't know. I just don't want a red phone. They tried this experiment, right, with the, the 5C, right, where, hey, let's add all these fun colors to phones. And I don't think that was a problem with the 5C, though, because the plastic 5C is a great phone to hold. Never held it. It's a, it's a great phone to hold. Says the it, doesn't, person, it doesn't have the says sharp... the person who loves the SE. Of course. Well, it doesn't have the sharp, the sharp, sharp, sharp edges. Like, it has sharp enough edges. You don't have to have a case on it sort of thing. But it doesn't have as sharp an image. Because, I mean, my, my SE will dig into my palm if you hold it a certain <laughs> way. Because, I mean, these, are, these corners are not rounded at all. They're chamfered, right? But they're not rounded at all. Why did we even get on this topic? Because you brought up the SE, too. Because you're not bearing the lead. You're like... Un, you're like digging up the lead <laughs> out of the grave to show a little early. Really, the whole reason that I ever wanted to talk about about our history with computers is is that I feel like I end up liking these devices that are not the premier devices, not like the most invested in devices. And it's tough for me because I I want, I I would just love to be on board with what is going to be most invested in because that's a great place to be. But I just, I just tend, tend off of that. Well, you know, it's like you in, in any other situation where, you know, something you get hung up on something and you cannot let it go. <laughs> yeah, good bit of that. It happens with your devices too. Like you want a one-handed device. You want to be able to do everything you want to do with one hand. And so when they made the move to the 4.7 inch phone, it just kind of blew up your worldview and made things difficult. And then it just keeps getting worse because the 10, you know, it's even it's even more challenging. Well, actually, I think the 10, the way it works is like there's no messing around anymore. Like it is a two handed phone for anything that you need to do in the upper third of the screen. Like that's just how it is. You know, stuff at the bottom of the screen you can handle with one hand. But once you get, you know, mid to that top third, like unless you want to drop it, even if you're going to type on that wide of a phone like that is not comfortable for me to do one-handed well why 
That's a whole other conversation, though. Because you're saying your keyboard is in the bottom. You're one part of those of people that tries to type with one hand. I don't. I, I don't understand because I that do either. Type with one hand, and it's totally wonderful on the SE. I've never I done use it. Gboard, and I use swipe typing, and nope. it's just, it's just wonderful. But I just can't. I can't. This is like having a, you know, far right Republican <laughs> and a far left Democrat. We're never going to get on the same worldview about this because I don't really understand what the appeal is of, of typing with one hand. Like, what does that do for you? Because you only have to use one hand <laughs> for your phone. If you have one hand occupied, then you're done. Plus, the tough part about it, and this this gets us to the iPad mini, which we'll get into. Wait, what? Which is another one <laughs> of the devices that will is, has not been invested in, will not be invested in. There will never be another one released. And that is my favorite iPad to use because I like to hold my iPads. And that's my favorite iPad to hold because that is, that is a great size to use two-handed. Even like the, I thought you just wanted to use things with one hand. Well, you can't use an iPad <laughs> with one hand. So. What do you mean? I'll pull up this uh, 12.9-inch iPad Pro with one hand and Right. I mean, 12.9 is so good to use on a desk, on your lap. It is terrible to use holding it. Like, it is way too big. Like lying in and bed watching split, Netflix. You can't split the freaking keyboard, which is just totally dumb, because you especially need it on that one, because it is so crazy to try to type on the iPad Pro if you're holding it. It's just bananas. But anyways, so I really like my favorite one-handed device is the iPhone SE, and my favorite two-handed device is the iPad Mini. And both of these are just this totally limiting factor on actually being a good device. Let me guess your favorite Mac is a Mac mini. I'm, I'm not giving that away. yet. <laughs> okay. By the way, if that, you're wondering, our topic for this show is our history with computers. And this is going to get very broad because already you're talking about iOS devices, which shame on you. So let's get, let's get straight into that. iPhones. What are you talking about? Let's Tablets being that. computers? Come on. So the first time that I thought about what actually is a computer was, was when you saw the Apple commercial. No. <laughs> was back in the day. I mean, that's a good commercial. Um, was back in the day when iPads, I mean, iPad sales used to be insane. It's crazy how insane iPad sales were. When they first hit. Yeah. When was, they first hit. It was just bananas. And iPad too. And the most interesting part about that was that they didn't take long at all to exceed the Mac in sales. I mean, in in uh, in sales over a quarter, like easy. I mean, first quarter they sold more iPads than Macs. But then over time, you ended up with more iPads out there being used than Macs, like yeah. pretty quickly. And so. John Gruber used to talk about how, well, if you compare PC and Mac market share, yes, Mac, Mac still only has like 5% market share, 6% market share. I mean, it rose a little bit. Um, it would it would actually gain um, number of devices while PCs, like they would sell more than they did last year when PCs were selling less than they did last year. So they were gaining on PCs, you know, getting into 6% and 7%. But what he would say is, listen... That's because Apple just cares about profit in the premium market. So they have this small 
part of market share and a huge part of profit. And, but if you take into account iPads, which cost $500 back in the day, $500 to start off with, you know, up to, you know, 130 plus for cellular models and a hundred dollars for this amount of memory. Yeah. And all I think that. My, f- my first iPad that I purchased, it was like, ended up being like almost $900 <laughs> cause I got an LT, you know, and we'll talk about that. Yeah. So what, what Gruber would share is, Hey, if you combine these two, okay, if you're looking at a $500 iPad, 500 to 800, $900 iPad, that's like an expensive PC laptop yeah. at this point. Like what's the reason for not counting that in computer market share? Like, why shouldn't we combine the Macs and the iPads to form this joint number of devices? And then that, that gets you to whatever percentage it was, you know, 25, 30, 35% of the, of the market, you know, like, why doesn't that count as a computer? Um, because it doesn't have any USBs, <laughs> USB inputs. Okay. So it, it's interesting to me. Or an SD card <laughs> slot. That especially when you start thinking about the history of computers like what you use computers for originally, all of that, all the uh, the spreadsheets on can be done on iOS. Well, really, just like getting on the internet, playing games, and just reading stuff on the internet. You know, accessing information from the internet. That's just easier and more enjoyable to do on an iOS device, in large part. Are you wanting me to agree? You can, you can agree or disagree. <laughs> I, I have to be the guy that's like, you know, tablets can't be computers, Philip, unless it's a Windows convertible <laughs> touchscreen thing, three in one, whatever the third thing is. I don't know, but they say three in one. Seriously, really? what is the third thing? They I don't say know. Three in one. I feel like I've seen something like that before. It says three in one. I don't know about that. I could be making it up. I don't know. Two, what, two one is the thing. I don't know what Windows does anymore. It's not my life. Every day at work, I hear someone complain about their laptop <laughs> not working correctly, and I'm just like, "Hey, everything's sunny all the time, always over here in Macland," and they're just, "Oh, Levi, that's funny." <laughs> No, it's not. It's not funny. It's actually horrifying <laughs> that you hate your computer that you spend more time with every day than your family or your loved ones. And it's just okay that it's terrible. <laughs> and you're just like, ah, what is YOLO? I don't, I, I, yeah, every day this happens. And I get stern looks from certain people who are like, my PC's fine. Like, okay, <laughs> that's because you know what you're doing on it. And most people don't. It's a losing battle. I'll never, I haven't converted anyone in all my time in my seven years at this company. Haven't converted a single soul. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm going to get to the pearly gates of, of computers and, and the great processor in the sky is going to be like, Levi, you converted no one to Max. <laughs> So you could have tried harder, bud. And I'm going to say, no, I couldn't. Without forcibly taking it from their hands, I couldn't. Okay, so let's That's get focused saying. here. Yeah, even Liz. Liz didn't go with the Mac. No. And really, she had her chance. Really disappointing. She had her shot. She would have loved it. 
And I think mostly she didn't because she knew it would bother me even more if she never did. <laughs> so I don't even, we don't even get to that topic anymore because it's too painful. <laughs> All right. Main topic, personal history with computers. You're already telling me some crazy nonsense about tablets and smartphones being computers. I'll play along with that for now. I really do think think so they're actually, we'll, like they're all computers we'll, we'll get to that i want to know what is your first memory with a computer at all this is a great question this is a question i was going to ask you i'm glad you want to start here <laughs> i think my first experience of a computer I, I think it was seeing the max they had at the library which as far as i knew we only used as a much better version of card catalog <laughs> I think they were probably running like system seven. And this is when I was like six years old, probably. Um, but I don't know. We had a computer when I was like five. Um, so it was, it was a combination of, of the Macs at the library that just had all the card catalog information on them, but you could just search them straight up. You just use your fields, you know, keyword, author, title, whatever it was and hit search. You didn't use the Dewey decimal. I mean, my mom taught me about it because she was like, this is important. You know, you got to know this. And I was like, but I could just, I can just put it in the box and hit the round wrecked. And my first memory of a computer is I was in first grade, buzzed head, because that's what I did during, you know, anytime it was warm. And I had a paw, like a panther paw, you know, buzzed oh, into my... You ever do that? You ever get the, like, the designs or did. logos? Like, a, no. no Nike swoosh in your no, side of your head? No logos. Um, the only reason I remember this is because there's a picture in the yearbook of... Because it was a big deal that we had computers. I was in the first grade. So this would have been, I don't know, like maybe 1994, 95, somewhere in there. And uh, yeah, we had a computer in our classroom... So it was like everyone in first grade had at least one computer, you know, in the classroom. And it was some reading games, you know, I don't even know what it was. I don't think it was, it definitely wasn't a Mac because it had like, you know, legit learning games on it. That Oh, the Mac had incredible learning games. We can get to I'm that. Sh- I'm sure like they did, but, third, you, but these look like, third graphic. you know, mass, massively produced and sold software to oh, schools. The Mac, the Mac was... Early on, the Mac had some really, like the Oregon Trail, I think, was originally on the Mac, if I'm not mistaken, but I may be mistaken. Well, if you make mistakes on Oregon Trail, it doesn't end well. That's true. Even if you do it perfectly, it usually doesn't end well for everyone. I got pretty good at the Oregon Trail. I have no idea what it was, I'm, but I'm almost positive it wasn't a Mac, but... Yeah, we had a computer in our first grade classroom. Mrs. Melton let me get on it a lot because I would usually finish work early and such a smart boy. Idle hands. And uh yeah, so that that's my first memory and it's etched in stone in my first grade yearbook with my panther paw nice. etched into my <laughs> to the side of my <laughs> That's awesome. Head. That's awesome. Now, I do I do remember my grandparents having a computer. I, d- I don't know if this was like before that or after that, but I was still pretty young then. And I- I'm going to say it was after because just where they lived at the time, it had to have been after first grade. I'm pretty sure it was a Mac, but I don't know what 
kind of Mac it was. Um, but it had this weird, uh, like this weird drawing app where you could like change the cursor and it would, it would do all these weird like kaleidoscope type things where you would, you know, move and it would like, instead of just drawing in one direction where you're moving the cursor, it would do it like four times and, you know, four different directions and you could make some really cool art this way. Nice. And I'm pretty sure it was a Mac. I don't know. Like, I don't remember what it was. I wish, I wish that I had it, you know, cause like it, yeah. it had to have been given away at some point or, you know, just, I'm sure they didn't sell it, but I missed that thing. And I wish, yeah, I wish I knew what happened to it. No idea. Maybe it was an Apple too. I don't know. Probably not, but I don't know what they were selling in the, in that time frame. but I had a lot of fun on that computer. Very good. What, what was the first computer you had at home? That's the thing is it, well, and this kind of goes into a larger point is that none of these are memorable to me. You know, they were just some random cheap PC because we didn't have a lot of money to be spending on computers. But we we always had a computer. You know, it was like that was the time when it was like a big computer set up somewhere in the house. You know, like you had the big desk thing with the huge monitors oh, yeah. and, and it had to be set up in a certain place because that's where your, you know, your phone line was coming in. True. And but there, I couldn't I couldn't tell you any of the brands or I, I just know they were windows, you know, PCs and they were just generally terrible from just cause they were, they were cheaper computers. So, you know, not a lot of processing power and everything it took forever because we had cheap, really cheap internet, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, getting on Kazaa was, was difficult and, and whatever limelight I think was, was a thing, mm-hmm. you know, back when I was burning CDs and, Sixth and seventh grade for all my after Napster. Yeah, I mean, I did use Napster, yeah, but I didn't use that as long because <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't use that as long. Yeah. But I have no no recollection of what they were, what models. You know, like I didn't even know what processors or RAM or any of that stuff was yeah. when I was that age. But You're... I think most of it is because they just. They didn't make an impact on me. They were just PCs that did a certain function and had real no real impact on me beyond that. But we always I don't know when we got our first computer, but it I just feel like we always had a computer. I know that's not true, but after, you know, having the the computer in school at first grade, it just seemed like we always had one at home. But I know that's that couldn't be the case, you know, but I think from second grade on when we moved into a different house, I always remember that house having a computer and, you know, it it changed over the years, like every two or three years, it, you know, we'd have to get a new one because it had died some horrible death because no one, no one in our family knew how to work on computers in terms of like troubleshooting. And, you know, that was big business for little PC you know, uh, repair shops. I remember taking them to little shops in town, you know, cause they actually could make money off, <laughs> off yeah. of these services back then. But, uh, well, it is crazy back then how much, how much of a difference two years, three years would yeah. make and just the speed of a processor or the amount of memory you'd get or even 
hard drive space. I mean, everything was just exponentially growing. I mean, Moore's law was in full effect. Yeah. Now I remember windows 95 for a long, long time. And then, you know, eventually moving up to XP. Um, but I really don't remember anything, you know, after XP because, well, for one in my, in my personal life, (laughs) I eventually got a Mac and then I, you know, had nothing to do with windows personally. And then, you know, once I got out of college and, got some real jobs. Uh, we were still using XP even then at those jobs. And, and then I think I would use windows seven for, I guess, briefly before I finally got to switch to a Mac at work. But, um, yeah, it's just like one ongoing, not all that briefly. You used windows seven for two years. Did I? Yeah. See, but that's how, that's, that's what I mean when I say that's how memorable that operating system is to me, that it just all seems like, just one continuous experience of windows that I, I could easily forget. So we'll go back from this. Cause obviously this is jumping forward quite a bit, but I do remember, uh, when Megan was in town at one point and she had her Mac and I don't know how it happened, but I was talking about Macs and PCs in some form or fashion, I'm sure. And she just said, well, if you want to use a Mac, why don't you just ask them, to get you a Mac. I was like, well, I don't I mean, can I just do that? And so I just asked probably Wes and maybe Jim, but probably Wes just like, Hey, uh, what would it take for me to get a Mac and just like give them back my PC? He was like, well, I mean, we can just talk to Bart and we can probably get it done. And then I came back and I think I just told you <laughs> and you just gave me this look of like, you mean like that's all we have to do? That's all we have to do. <laughs> that's it. Well, part of it for me too is at the time I was teaching, you know, I was teaching SQL, and yeah, I could do it on a Mac. Like I could just I could get SQL Developer and all that, and but it just was a hassle. And, and at that time too, like they weren't as common in the enterprise yet. Now it, you know, now it's it's not percentage wise. I don't know how many people there, you know, have Macs in terms of the entire population, but it's a much larger number than it was mm-hmm. certainly then when, when we, when we switched. But once I stopped teaching SQL and I didn't have to worry about, you know, any slight hangups I might have connecting to those databases. Once that was over, I was just like, all right, <laughs> like, where's my Mac? Because yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. That may have been like a year in, like, I mean, I may have been a year in a Axiom when I did that. So I may have used that Dell for a year. And I do remember like when I came on, it was like managers had MacBook Airs if they wanted to. Yeah. But like that was pretty much it. And I guess Megan had one cause she was doing all this design work and Sebastian had one. Um, but really it was like, if you're in Conway and you're just doing stuff like, nah. Well, and it's the same way now, like now that I'm back in HR, and I, I look around the floor. I'm the only Mac up there. Yeah. And there's absolutely no reason for any of them to have, to, to have to have a Windows PC. I mean, they could easily That's true. have Macs because now everything, all of our systems are in the cloud. You know, like it, they don't use any proprietary tools in their roles that, you know, homegrown company built tools that only work on PC. Right. Um, 
but that's just what they've always had. I guess that's just what they're comfortable with. And I, you know, I, I think about it sometimes when I'm making these jokes about like, just come over to the, come over to the light, you know, when they're complaining about whatever is going on with their, with their Dell. But you know, they've been using windows for 20 plus years at this point. And I could, I guess I can kind of understand once you reach a certain threshold of, like, I guess that would be intimidating, but I don't remember, I don't remember feeling that, you know, whenever I, I made the switch over in my personal life, all I had ever used was, was windows, you know, for at, what, 10 years, I guess, you know, growing up, going through school. Now I, I don't, other than the experience at my grandparents, I don't ever remember seeing Max, even in like our computer lab. But you never really invested in windows. You never Certainly really had a, with my own money. You never, <laughs> no, but you never really had a reason to really want to know how to work with Windows well to get something done, right? And I mean, people with jobs—I don't really understand non-technical users very much, but people with jobs, you know, that for twenty years have been figuring out these are the things I do with the computer, and this is the way that I do them. You know, I mean, I guess there's there's some some comfort. See. So your first experience with a Mac was at the library. So my very first experience was, was at the library, but I mean, that was almost kind of a, a pseudo experience. Um, I mean, like you could tell, like it was just this, I mean, the system seven design language is interesting. It's just very gray rounded recs, um, already as, as for the buttons. Um, but I mean, it was just for the card catalog system, like, and you could like minimize the card catalog and like, you could try to click on stuff and be like, nope, no, <laughs> you can't, you can't do that. And I mean, I would try, but, um, but you could, you could, um, like window shade it. So that was always cool. Cause that's just a, that's just, that's just a cool thing. Really cool. Yeah. I'm sure it was just, you know, the height of coolness. At the it was time. awesome. <laughs> window shade. Oh, I wish that was still a thing. You know what window shading is? I have no idea no. what you're talking okay, about. Okay, so yeah. so back in system seven and eight and nine, I think all the way up through there, you could so instead of minimizing a window down to there was no dock back then, yeah. but down to a dock like you do now, you would just hit what, what would be the minimize button, and it would roll into itself, and you would just have the you would just have the the title bar of the window, and so then in all of Syracuse's glory, you could just keep your windows titles where they were, but just roll them up. If you wanted to see what was below them and then you could just roll them back down. If you click that button again and it was awesome. I could see the benefit in that. It was great to use, but (laughs) so I'm just, you know, I just sit there. I'm sure. And just like window shade back and forth and back and forth. Well, when was the first time you had a Mac in your home? Oh, the first time. I had a Mac in my home was when my home was my dorm room in college. Oh, okay. So it was much later. Yeah. Okay. But, okay. So I say that, that, that was my home just down the street from my home and this home, since I live next door to where I grew up, <laughs> then, uh, my best friend growing up was the son of a computer science professor at UCA. And yeah, you talked about how he was your best friend. Yes. <laughs> Last time. Yes. In, in the uh, much fabled episode zero. Correct. Correct. So, uh, so Wayne Brown was a computer science professor at UCA. And so they had a Mac because Wayne Brown knew what computers were and knew what was good. And so they had a Mac. And I think that was, that was probably Mac like 
OS eight that I used at their house. I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I mean, this would have been when I was like seven or eight. So we're talking like 1995, 96, 97. Um, but I mean, I remember like their computers for one thing, it was really nice because if their computer was ever on, like it used to be like when your computer was on the fritz, like you would just like call somebody, you would pay somebody like quite a bit of money yeah. to just like come in and like find the virus that was on there or, you know, take out the bad Ram chip and put a new Ram chip in. I mean, whatever it may be, you know, um, the litany of problems you could have there. Or a lot of times it was just like some configuration thing that you like, you click the wrong thing and now your PC was just like, nope. Yeah. You just had to <laughs> got it. You got to unclick that before I do anything else. Completely you know? restore the, the entire computer. <laughs> right. Just, yeah. Right. Which is usually what it ended up doing. So it was always, it was always awesome because it's not like Macs never have issues and like their Mac would have issues. And so James, my friend would be like, well, I guess my dad will have to look at it tonight and then we'll just have to play with it tomorrow. So that was always awesome because, because Wayne Brown always knew what was going on. So like he would, he would know how to get this, how to get this problem fixed. Um, but I mean, it was just, it, it was just always interesting to use. And so I, I saw how Macs were used and I used it a little bit at the Brown's house and, and then our pastor has always used Max. And, um, so he had, he started out when he joined in 98 at our church, 97, he started out with a iMac G3 and then eventually had an iMac G4, which is like the greatest looking desktop ever. Have you ever seen an iMac G4? I probably have. Especially but... called the iLamp. Oh yeah. Where yeah, yeah. It okay. just has like a, like a hemispherical base and then it has the the arm with the lcd monitor on it looks a lot like um it reminds me of a, a luxo pixar yeah yeah the pixar um lamp so it was awesome just because like i mean lcd monitors were not a thing in like oh two oh three or whenever the whenever the imac g4 came out it was just like oh it was just sweet because <laughs> it wasn't like i mean there was not i mean because the imac g3 is this incredible thing that is like oh yeah that's your shi monitor that's your computer yeah. right done full stop and now they come out with this thing it's like not even a crt monitor anymore and still your computer period full stop so i used to use that um i used to use that computer uh, a good bit with my friend Jordan, his son. And like after church every day while we were waiting for our parents to talk to all their friends after church, we would just run up there and play games on, <laughs> on the pastor's computer. And, um, and then I would use it at their house. Like they had Max at their house too, that we would use. Um, and so, I mean, I always, I always enjoyed using Max and I mean, it always, I just always assume that you, had them at an earlier no, that's age. Interesting. That's interesting. So I grew up in the in the home. We had a Windows 3.1 computer. This is probably when I was like five or six. And I feel like maybe like my grandparents had that at first, which wouldn't make any sense really. Um, so maybe that's not true. But um, I think it was like a Packard Bell maybe is, is what pops to mind. But it was this Windows 3.1 computer. And it was, I don't even think we had the internet. Like we, I was, I mean, it was interesting because I was, you talk about computers at school. So I was homeschooled till ninth grade. So I had a computer at school, but it was at home. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but I mean, that's probably one reason why, why we had computers and we kept them up 
decently well. Um, That's one thing. Like, and, I, we, and we would use them quite a bit too, because we would use them for school. Like we yeah. would use them to type out papers and we would use them. Like we had an Encarta, which is this encyclopedia yeah. um, on a CD-ROM. And so, I mean, we would, we would use that for research. Like we would research on our computer, but I mean, that was, it was Encarta 94. I remember. And so, I mean, this was before we had internet. Like we didn't get internet until we got our Dell that had Windows 95 on it in like 95 or 96. And that's when we got dial up internet along with the, along with the Dell. Um, and that was awesome. I mean, I remember using, I mean, Napster, especially and the crazy thing. <laughs> I just remember using Napster was such a formative experience because you would find these songs and a, you would have to spell them correctly. I remember, I remember looking for Metallica songs for the longest time, but I could never spell Metallica correctly. So and you're so the reason never... that Napster went down. Of course. I, would, I remember like for the longest time I kept searching and I would do it like day after day. I'd be like, why am I not getting any results for Metallica? And like it ended up like I had too many T's or too many L's or not enough L's. Or, um, cause it's interesting. Cause like, you know, there was no like uh approximate search like, Oh, you yeah. probably meant this. It's like, no, we're no just reg X we're searching going on. Exactly. Like, no, 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 you know, approximations like, yes, we will search that exact string for you. Did not find it. <laughs> nothing. Right? <laughs> nothing. Um, and you would, you know, with me, with my 36 K connection, <laughs> right. I would try to find any offers with like T one connections, whatever yeah. that even is. Yeah. I still yeah. don't really know what a T one connection is. It's just awesome. That's all you gotta, it's just awesome. Yeah. Apparently I mean, it was better than like cable broadband. Apparently. It was code for we're going to destroy your computer, <laughs> but so, so you, you'll get this. Song. So you would queue them all up though. Right. Before you went to sleep at night is what I would do. Yeah. I would queue them all up and then you would wake up in the morning and you would see what failed and what succeeded and sometimes it was like everything failed i don't think it was ever ever that everything succeeded because things were just or everything was still out. going but it was just, i mean it's amazing like i mean if you ever get on edge on your phone <laughs> like if you're just in like the middle of nowhere or if you're on sprint like me then i mean it's amazing how and this is a whole story of the web it's just like you can't get anything to load like it just times out yeah at this point um I mean, it's amazing how much was done over 56K modems and like 56 kilobyte, kilobit per second internet. I mean, just bananas. Yeah. So, uh, so we had Windows 3.1, we had Windows 95, and then we got, a, we got another Dell that was Windows, that had Windows 98 on it. And that was probably like 98 or 99. Um, and eventually we got one with XP on it in like 2001, 2002. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we, we kept, you know, up with the operating systems and had like decently fast computers. I don't really know. Just, just like looking at my family, I don't really know. I guess it was me. Like, I guess I was the reason we had computers. I, I don't really know why else we had them so early and, and would, you know, keep investing in them because none of us knew how to really work them. I mean, I was like the lead in the house just because I was getting exposed to them young in school and then just figuring it out, you know, not knowing how any of it worked or understanding any of, of the ins and outs of it. But I'm just glad that they kept investing in them because, you know, like now it's, it's not as big of a deal. Like it's more ubiquitous. But then when, you know, this was still like kind of, a new thing and not everyone had certainly not everyone had internet access and 
I'm just glad that like I had those opportunities, even though they were terrible computers. <laughs> like at least we had them because I just don't know like what I would be doing or what I would be interested in now if I hadn't had them in the house at such a young age and like being exposed to them. So that being said, which is totally true. Can you imagine having had an iPad when you were well, this is four our, years old, this six is our years kids old, lives. eight years old? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't, to, to our kids, iPads are totally computers. They are, I mean, that's what my kids call them. They call them computers. Occasionally, Kanan will say tablet, but for the most, they're just like, hey, what are you doing on your computer? And I'm like, oh, child. <laughs> but that, that, these are definitely computers to them. Like, there's, they see no difference, you know, and occasionally we will try and get Kanan, our oldest now, to start using a laptop just a little bit just to get exposed to like <laughs> what it feels a like to pointer. use a mouse or to use the trackpad and just yeah because yeah i can't imagine what it must be like to have having your first experience on an internet device or you know whatever you want to call it being a touch experience and and not you know a keyboard and a mouse it's just such a different mind shift but for them it's not like that's just that is their paradigm now Mm -hmm. and it's funny how trying to get him to experience a laptop or a traditional you know more traditional feeling computer experience is he's still interested in it but it's just like you know it's probably like how it was watching us try and use just computers in general and how it's like you know not knowing what to do or how to work it that's that's what I see in him, but you know, give him a tablet and he's just like, you know, he's all over the place. And it's it's so much more intuitive for them to just pick it up and go and learn the gestures and like I don't even have to tell them, they just learn them and I don't know, man. It trips me out sometimes. Yeah. But these are computers to them, no doubt about it. They're computers to me too, but it's just a different it's a different experience. And so, so you didn't have you had access to Max being young. You had that exposure. Mm. My first exposure to a Mac was my senior year of high school. Never really, other than the experience that I think was a Mac at my grandparents when I was really little. But I'm not even 100 percent sure on that. I'm pretty sure though, having seen screenshots of you know like the old operating systems, it it looked like those. Um, but yeah, we were on a, a choir trip. My senior year, and this would have probably been, I don't know, like March, March time frame, about to graduate. But we went on some kind of trip or tour or something. And uh, one of my friends, well, one of my choir friends, we were like really friends. You know what I mean? Like, you know yes. how you have work friends and you have choir friends or whatever you did in, in high school. I don't know, band friends, whatever it is. Uh, we were rooming together. And he had, let's, let's just say he, he was a rich kid, right? Like he just was, you know, that's just what it was, but he had his own laptop. I don't know what it was. I mean, it must've been, I mean, it was, it was obviously before they made the move to Intel. So I mean, what would that have been? You know, just like a pretty standard when they moved, when they, before they made the move. Yeah. Like right before it, 2006. Yeah, no, I, I know the year, but like, what, what, what would the laptop have been then? Oh, the iBook. 
Yeah, I think that's what it was. But like just seeing, just seeing that and like seeing the things he was doing and some of the apps he was using that I've never heard of before and and like just some of the functions he was doing, which obviously you could do on Windows, but it was just the ease of how he was doing them. And then moving over to iTunes and, you know, I had exposure to iTunes because my first Apple device was an, was an iPod. Mm-hmm. But, you know, iTunes on a PC was a much different experience than iTunes on a Mac. And it was just like how pretty the the operating system was and, and just how visually interesting things were and a doc. Like I had no idea what that was. I was like, what, what is this black magic that you're showing me? And I mean, I knew as soon as, as soon as I saw it and he let me like do a few things on it. I mean, this was just like an hour or two that I spent with this iBook. I knew instantly, like that's what I was going to get for college. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I mean, we'd already been having talks about, getting a laptop and all that. Like I already knew where I was going to college and all that stuff was all lined out. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, I'm getting, I'm getting an Apple laptop. Like this is, I'm going to spend way more money. Like I know that. Um, but I'm making this switch. Like this is going to be the first computer that's mine, you know, like, and we didn't, we never had laptops. It was always desktop computers at, at the home, you know, and I just knew like if I'm getting to choose what I what I want, even after an hour, <laughs> I'm like, this, this is it. Like, this is what I'm doing. And uh, yeah, so that summer before I went to college, they announced the MacBooks and I got a black MacBook, The you know, the first one. That that they that was like two hundred dollars more for no reason other than it was black. Had one hundred and twenty gigabyte well, hard drive. Okay, yeah, I mean, up from eighty gigabytes, the white one. And but yeah, it was one hundred and fifty dollars more. Well, whatever. Okay, I didn't care. That's what I wanted. That's what I was gonna get. And uh, yeah, so that was my first Apple computer. You know, my first Mac. Um, and I've never, never looked back in personal devices. Obviously. You know, first few real jobs out of college, I just had whatever, whatever they gave me. Um, but yeah, that black MacBook, which was, I, I guess those were the first machines that had Intel because that was like a big promotional, <laughs> big promotional thing that they were, you know, putting on everything. I didn't even know what any of that meant. Like it didn't mean anything to me. Um, I didn't even really understand processors or any of that stuff but yeah i got the most expensive um macbook that i could get without going you know to the to the pro level because those 17 inch machines were behemoths i didn't know what to do with those but so real-time follow-up okay the the white macbook had 120 the black macbook 160 okay and it was 200 dollars oh see not 150 i was right so hashtag levi was right I had to get a loan. So my first loan, really? Yeah. I had to get a loan to, uh, to, to buy it. Cause we didn't have, it was like 16, $1,800 when it was all said and done. And, uh, you know, I got some, some help, but you know, nobody, we didn't have that money lying around before I went to college. I mean, look, luckily I had scholarships. So, we, you know, we didn't have to pay for any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I think I paid it right off like the first 
you know, XSA check that I got. But um, yeah, it was my first banking experience of, you know, getting a loan and, and all, all that business. But I had that thing for five years. And I mean, the only reason I, I didn't, I got a new, you know, I got a MacBook Pro in, in 2011. It wasn't because anything was wrong with the MacBook. You know, I could have kept using it, but um, I just had some extra cash and wanted to upgrade, you know, my machine and some of the work I was starting to do then. But man, that thing was faithful to the end. I ended up selling it for a hundred dollars to a college. Well, to someone who was about to go to college. And uh, yeah, that was my first, my first love. You never forget them. <laughs> those are, those are good machines. Um, the only, the biggest problem with that machine was that it was like plastic, you know, or whatever the material was. And it had, um, you know, it had these like little ridges, very on, sharp wrist rests, very sharp wrist rests. Well, but on the top too, like they had these yes. little ridges at the top and I guess from just being in my bag so much, it started to wear down on the, you know, on the, on the bottom like on the keyboard and it actually made indentions from those ridges pressing into the bottom to where the plastic actually broke in the same size as those oh, ridges yeah. and then stuff would get down there. And eventually I had to have the whole keyboard replaced. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the only major thing I had to spend money on for repairs. And, um, and then it just happened again because, you know, but once it happened again, I just put tape over them. You know? I just like put plain go. tape over to keep, keep you know stuff from getting down there but um yeah man that machine was my first uh and so when i came in it was already you know mac os 10 whatever they called it then i mean it wasn't mac os but yeah yeah it was uh yeah 10.6 was it four i I remember it was i remember that it was tiger yeah and um i never really expend experienced any of the other previous you know nine eight or mm-hmm. seven or whatever so i mean my first experience coming in was was on 10 but so usability longevity of max versus pcs uh no comparison totally <laughs> so uh blair my wife um in sixth grade her parents bought her a computer to use for school and she got a imac g3 purple imac g3 in sixth grade so that would have been like right when they came out. She like didn't want the Bonsai Blue? 98. Um, I guess not. She wanted a, a purple one. She probably wanted a green one. And they didn't. They were like out. So she got a purple one. And her brother got like some Dell desktop. Well, he had like three of them from that point until. So she got the last iBook, the 14 inch iBook. So mm-hmm. her parents, I was not enough in the picture at this point <laughs> to start giving her parents advice <laughs> to say, hey. Wait, because they bought her 14-inch iBook in, like, March or April of 06 um, before she went to college in the fall, like yeah. he did. So, but it was, it was, it was a good machine. Um, it's funny that you talk about, like, you know, longevity there, right? So, Brittany goes to college, my wife Brittany, she goes to college a year before me, right? And uh, she's going through the same exercise that I would eventually go through, right? Of I got to get a laptop. And, um, and I, I want to say, 
I don't know what she did that first year. I don't know if she bought one or if she was just borrowing one or what happened. But I want to say <clears throat> when I came to college the next year and I had my MacBook and I think she actually bought a laptop that year before, you know, so I was there too. And, you know, she just had to buy some cheap Dell because that's all that like, you know, that's all that she could afford at the time. And I just remember feeling so bad for her because like, I didn't know anything really about like specs or any of that stuff, but I just knew like, this is it's a really cheap laptop. Like it's not going to hold up, you know, something's going to happen. And I mean, it was just like a month or two and it was almost unusable. And, you know, we couldn't even figure out what was killing it. It was just like, some software issue and uh, she just ended up using my MacBook all the time. Um, you know, we were engaged, like, you know, we were always together and, uh, but I just remember feeling so bad because it was like, she had to buy it because it was just all that it's, it was the only option at the time. And it would, you know, like it would become kind of a sensitive subject between us because, you know, the first few times I'd be like, well, you know, I should have got an apple <laughs> and, and obviously she couldn't, you know, like, I quickly learned that I needed to tone that down uh, a little or a lot. Um, but then she started using my, my MacBook and you know, it, it was a learning curve for her, but like it worked, you know, like she never had any problems with it. And then, you know, we got married the next or that's, you know, that summer after that year. And so from then on, it was just like, I don't think she ever even opened that Dell again. Like, I don't even know what happened to it. It probably just ended up in a yard sale somewhere. And, uh, I just, I hate that for people, you know, that like they, they know they need a computer, but they don't know. They just really don't know. And they just go back with what's familiar. And I mean, I know it. it's hard, right? It's, it's hard to, to go to that next level in terms of spending. And if you don't have it, you don't have it. But that's, that's the number one thing I would tell people any, anytime I have a conversation about that and they're like, well, but they're so, so much more expensive for really not, you know, not even any more in terms of specs. Like people just look at specs now and they're like, hey, it's like, why would I spend 500 more dollars or whatever it is for, for this? And I'm just like, just trust me. <laughs> like, just yeah. trust me. I, I, you know, I had that, that MacBook that lasted five years lasted well after that. I'm sure. I mean, I don't know what became of it in its, you know, elder days, but, yes. and my 2011 MacBook, Brittany is still using it every night. That's her, basically her laptop now. I mean, it's got its issues, but it's, you know, it's a seven year old laptop and she's still using it. She uses it to teach online classes, you know, at night and it works fine. And, you know, like you don't get that longevity with, with PCs. You just don't, unless you go really high end. And then at that point you're spending the same amount of money anyway. So, you know, it's like a toss up on, on what you want, but yeah, that I, I feel that pain for people. Cause it's like, I get it. It's more, but it, five years later, it's still going to be working. You may not even be able to say that five months later with this cheap PC. Like, I'm sorry. It's just, just, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do to help you. It took the longest time. So I remember when I was in high school, this was probably like 04, 05, like my freshman or sophomore year. And our current Dell was like getting to the point where it needed to be replaced because it had been like two, three, three and a half years. 
And I remember like trying to make that pitch to my parents of the fact that like, yes, you were going to spend more on a Mac, but it's going to last you longer and it's actually going to work and we're not going to have issues with it. And I mean, it was, it was going to be like darn near twice as expensive. I was like, but it will last at least twice as long. And they were like, yeah, eh, I just... Just can't, can't do it, kid. It, right? Just can't do You'll it. You'll be an adult someday, you know. <laughs> so they bought another Dell, and this Dell had problems, like really, really quickly. And mm. I don't want to. I don't want to be like bashing on Dell. I have had Dells through work that have been right. great machines, so but they much- were. They were. You were paying twenty seven hundred dollars. Yes, for these yes, things. yes. I mean, if you spend a lot, then you still get yeah. a lot, right? And if you manage them well. There is a way to keep Windows PCs running pretty well for the most part. But still, probably at least once every year or two, you're going to have to completely just restore it and start, start from yeah, scratch. I mean, that's I mean, like, that just happens. It certainly helps. I mean, like iOS devices are there too. We can yeah, talk about that's that. that's true, yeah. Um, and speaking of knowing how to manage things, if you don't know how to manage an iPhone and you get like a 16 gigabyte device... And it just fills up like, yeah, that will be no good on you, too. But anyways, all that to be said, it's like if you don't know how to manage something, the Mac was even better for you because it needed so much less management. Mm -hmm. So um, so by the time 2010 rolled around, um, they, they bought a Mac mini. And they are still using that Mac Mini. I replaced the hard drive with a solid state drive for them, yeah. I don't know, three years ago or so. But they're still using their 2010 Mac Mini for all of their computing. That's the way to go. Why not? That's it. Get man. your own monitor, get what you want. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, they, they were like doing what Apple told you you could do is like, hey, you switch from PC to Mac and don't have to replace your monitor or your yeah. mice or. Um, or your keyboard or any of that, you know? Um, but so, so my first Mac that I had, well, back up another computer that I had was the Pentium two, uh, PC that I bought at the library. Oh yeah. That Um, you mentioned, uh, in like my junior year, episode zero, junior year of college or my senior year, not of college, but of high school, junior, senior year of high school. So I, I never really, I guess wireless networking was this, I mean, it was a thing in, we're talking like 06, like that's a thing, but I mean, we just, we didn't have a wireless router and I mean, you didn't really know about it unless, I guess I, I knew about wireless internet for laptops and like that made sense because it's a laptop, Yeah, but it just never really occurred to me and I never knew that there were these wireless adapters that you could plug in a desktop computer so that it could pick up wireless. And so I caught wind of this somehow figured out that, um, that there were these USB adapters you could just plug in. And then now, now you had, now you can get Wi-Fi to your desktop computer. And so I did that with this. So I bought this Pentium two, um, 400 megahertz, um, 192 megabytes of Ram, uh, six gigabyte hard drive that I promptly <laughs> replaced with a 120 gigabyte hard drive from Best Buy. And, uh, and just ran XP on it and got like a $40 USB uh, Wi-Fi adapter and got my parents to get a wireless router. And then I had internet in my room, um, which was awesome. Um, and I didn't have to compete with my brother for the computer, you know, if we just wanted to play games or I actually had a, I, I got a little box for Christmas that year so that I could um, plug like S video. I think it was like S video out to the TV I had in my room. And then like VGA back into the computer. So I could just like 
stream stuff <laughs> beyond the, like my 32 inch TV that was in my, in my room. So that was awesome. Pretty, you were pretty, pretty proud of on. yourself. I was pretty <laughs> proud of myself. Yes. I was making yeah. it happen. So this was another weird experience for me is I get, I get my first MacBook. I go to college and you know, Apple was starting to become more ubiquitous uh, you know, you would start to see more and more people with, especially with on the college, college campus. Yeah. But still white that first were... year, that first year. And, and maybe it was because I had the black one, but like, I would have so many people just be like, what is this thing? You know, like, what do you have? You know, I remember my roommate that, that my freshman year just being like, what's that? <laughs> you know, like it was just like this exotic creature that no one could understand or had seen. And then of course, over the four years of, of being in college, you started to see, yeah, those, those white MacBooks just everywhere. Right. Cause that was like their entry uh, model, I guess. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you start to see the, the MacBook pros coming in more and more. I know there was this one person that I had several classes with cause we were both in, in kind of mass comm, uh, majors. I think, I think he was in filmmaking, but we would had a lot of, especially those first few years, we had a lot of classes in common and he had that 17 inch MacBook pro. And I was just like, wow, you know, like I felt good about me being able to get this MacBook, but then I would look at that machine and just be like, man, that's like $2,800. Like, how did you do yeah. that? You know, like, uh, I'm sure he's huge. I'm sure he so had some help, heavy but, too. Yeah. And that was the other thing. It's just amazing. I could never understand the appeal of a 17 inch monitor. I just felt like that 13.3 inch. Oh, uh, there's, there's an appeal, especially when you're, I mean, especially in like computer science. Well, I never like even felt, felt the draw to the 15 inch until I just, until I've got one at work yeah. and then I was like, Oh God, I'm never going back to a 13 inch, uh, unless it's an iPad, but we can talk That's about that later. That's interesting. So my first personal Mac that I owned, so I entered college and with the scholarships I had, they would, uh, they would buy you a computer up to like $2,500 at some point during your scholarship years. And so I really, I really just wanted to like save that for whatever reason. And because of what I really wanted to get was a 12 inch power book. And so I found on, on the Mac rumors, uh, so the Mac rumors marketplace, uh, I found the very last 12 inch power book G4 that Apple released and they released it in January of 2005 and then discontinued it in May of 2006. Um, so I mean, this was a, it's just like a year and a half year old machine when I bought it, but they had stopped making the 12 inch and I bought it for $725 and it was like great condition. Like they shipped it to me, like in the box as if like with all this stuff, like in its place, like as if, you know, as like if it was you were new. getting it from yeah. the store, you know? Um, cause that's, oh, that's man. one of the great that's things about a side note, that experience of getting the brand new laptop oh, and opening it. Solid. Oh my gosh. Like I remember Brittany came over, like it was this big deal, you know? ceremony. Like, oh man. I just, I remember how awesome that felt. And yeah, like experiencing that with her, it was just this funny thing. Sorry, phenomenal. Derailed you. That's fine. So, uh, so I bought this 12 inch power book and 
that that's uh, so I had that until uh, my senior year. I used my twenty five hundred dollars to buy a, a MacBook Pro. Um, after they came out with them in September of twenty ten, uh, MacBook Pro fifteen inch. Um, but I mean that twelve inch it was only, I think it was only like four and a half pounds, which back then was was awesome it was, it, <laughs> yeah. was, it was amazing and it really was i mean it was great to carry around yeah 4.6 4. pounds um and i mean it was it was really really it was just a great computer to have in class and like carry around in a, in a backpack um and it was all about all about that computer it had it had a, it only had an 80 gig hard drive and i uh I replaced it with a 250 gigabyte hard drive at one point. Well, the 12 inch power book was a really small machine Yeah, and it was really hard to replace anything in there. And I had to take out, I think it was 27 screws (laughs) to, to get to the hard drive. Uh, mind you in, in the, in the 13 inch MacBook, all you had to do to get to the hard drive was take the back plate off with like four screws. Yeah. And then you could take it the hard drive, but the, the 12 inch power book, I got on, I fix it and you had to take off the keyboard. You had to take off the top case and wow. then you had to take out like the hard drive bracket. And at one point I did this at my sister and brother-in-law's house one time, uh, cause my brother-in-law's into computers too. So that's kind of the reason why that happened there. But at one point I was, I was trying to unscrew the hard drive bracket screws. This is like the motherboard is open. Like I'm just trying to unscrew these screws like with a bare motherboard and I stripped a screw oh, and it would not come out. And the only way I was going to get the screw out is if I drilled into it right next to my motherboard. And so I did. And it was so scary because, I mean, but at that point, like I had taken, like, this was like my next to last screw. I had taken out like 25 screws. So I was like, I can't just like put this back up together and not get this 250 gigabyte hard drive and just like put it up on the shelf. Like I can't do that at the same time. Like, am I really going to drill into this one false move, one false move. And like, it's it's over. (laughs) So it worked though. It worked. Um, the sad reality was I didn't use that computer that much longer because that was in like 09. Yeah. So I didn't use that computer that much longer after I had the 250 gigabyte hard drive in it. Um, and also I, I got a Dell netbook uh, when I got married, actually. My wife got it for me um, in December of 09. And I think that was because like I had this upcoming class that I had to have a Windows. Yeah. Or she just didn't really know PC you for. Oh, she knew me. I was like, she only used Mac. Like she didn't, she never used PCs and she has no interest. Maybe in she was just PCs. trolling you. No, I, I, I asked her for it. Um, cause I think I had like, I had to use windows and like, that was interesting. Like power PC, like I couldn't just emulate it on, I mean, I could and like, but really, really slowly. Um, but I couldn't just like use bootcamp or anything. Yeah. Cause that was another PC. thing that was dangerous Heck. about potentially dangerous about getting a Mac, right? That's true. Going to college is like, are you going to be able to do everything? Yeah. And I mean, in my major, you know, broadcast journalism, uh, being on in that side, I never had an issue. Like not one time the entire, you know, the, the entire four years was I not able to do something. And, you know, I, I got um, some student edition of, 
office. So Brittany was able to do anything she needed to do. Um, it was just writing reports and stuff. Like, I mean, there was, I never felt like I was handicapped, you know, in my classes by having, uh, having a Mac. And that was always the thing I would hear from people is like, Oh yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, you're not going to be able to do this or this or this. And like, yeah, if you went into information sciences or whatever, or I don't even know. M- MIS, what is that? I don't even know what that stands for. <laughs> I work at a place Management that... Management information systems? It, oh, systems. Yeah, that's what, I was, that's what I was thinking of. Maybe then, maybe I would have needed, you know, a PC, but being an old silly broadcast journalism I, I, I definitely didn't need it that that was a concern though like especially at that time i mean now i mean it's it's not a, definitely not as big of a deal now I, I wouldn't think but or like you said you just get boot camp or vmware or whatever and and just have your windows instance for when you need it yep but that's probably that's probably my favorite mac ever is that 12 inch mm. power book Cause I had was, that question on here too. Yeah. Cause it would, I mean, it really, it was, it was the 12 inch MacBook of its day, but like 10 years earlier, it was many, the MacBook many years, adorable. many years before that it was one, well, but it did have like a number of ports though, you know? Yeah. And it was actually back in the day when, um, it came with, it came with an adapt, a, a mini, I think it had many VGA actually. Um, a mini VGA to VGA adapter, and it came with a mini VGA to DVI adapter, like in the box wow. with it. It's pretty legit. Also came with a modem cable. That's, not, not an Ethernet cable, but gosh, a, a that, modem cable. I put down the question of, you know, what's your favorite Apple computer that you've had? But now that I... Well, actually, no, it's super easy for me. It's not a laptop. But um, so, yeah, let me, let's go down the list a little bit, right? So... You had the, the, I'm already blanking on the name. The 12, <laughs> the 12 inch, inch power book. Okay. I was, I was going to call it something else. So yeah, the 12 inch power book. And then didn't you get like a 2010 MacBook pro? Got a 2010 MacBook pro. At some point. So, yeah. I got my 2011 MacBook pro 13 inch. And I guess the biggest regret I have about that is it was like pretty soon before they, well, I, I don't really remember when they switched to retina. Was that 2015? 2012. 2012. Okay. Yeah. So it was, that's yeah. <laughs> it was so, like a year before. I mean, the, the 2012 retinas were crazy expensive. Yeah. Um, I'm on every Mac.com, which is one of my favorite sites out there. But so, you know such what? a wonderful site. Once you get a MacBook that has a retina screen, like that's, you know, as, as soon as I got that at work, right when I was able to switch to um, a 2015 MacBook Pro at work, or actually I think I was on a 2014, but. um, You're correct. Goodness gracious. Once you had that retina screen, I couldn't use my 2011 anymore. Like I just, not that I needed to anyway, but like I couldn't, I couldn't go back to that screen anymore. And uh, you know, you don't think it's a big deal, but it's a big deal. <laughs> it's such a big deal. It is. And I mean, it's interesting. I, I don't, I don't use a retina screen like at my job. And when you, when you don't see them as often, it, it's just, I mean, you don't notice it as much. 
but I've got old man eyes, man. I don't, <laughs> I think true. I like, I, I've been blessed with good eyes. So I have that going for me. Um, so the, I say that like, it was totally worth it to go retina, but I mean, it was also stuff. It's, I mean, your regular MacBook pro in 2012 was 1799 and the cheapest retina was 2199. Oh, yes. But it was, I mean, it was pretty sparse. A configuration you really yeah you know, it's like that entry level configuration where well, it's like it, you're, gonna, it's, you're gonna go up from there right it's easy for me to say that <clears throat> it's absolutely worth it when i haven't ever had to pay for one i mean i always have them through work you know so i had my 2014 uh 15 inch macbook pro with with retina fully specced um i'm you know lucky to we both were lucky to work at a place that would give get you the equipment you needed, you know. Uh, I don't really think that you needed it as much as, as as I did editing video, but you know, like doing what you did, it was you were able to get it. And listen, <laughs> you get a lot of tabs open. <laughs> oh yeah, you got to have a lot of RAM. You need that sixteen gig. Oh, yeah. you must have it. Oh, speaking of side note, um, I mentioned the other day on a really public Slack channel at work, uh, someone was complaining about RAM issues, and I don't even really remember what the problem was uh but i mentioned i was like yeah i mean um this app can be a ram hog sometimes i mean i was like i have 32 gigs on my imac which we'll get to in a second um and you know sometimes it'll get it'll you know having all like slack and blue jeans and all these ram hogs open outlook um it can get down pretty low even with 32 gigs and some some uh, developer type was like I want 32 gigs. And then I felt really bad because I'm like <laughs> this HR phony with my 32 gigs of RAM and these real developers out doing real work, real development work. Do you just feel like you quickly needed to like post like video after video after video after video? I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't understand. I mean, I need this video to encode, you know, in, in one minute instead of Slack, five minutes. Blue jeans, but. InDesign. That's true. Final Cut, yeah. Adobe Edition. And After Effects is the Audition. ram hog of them all. Right, so. right. I left out these. Sorry. I felt bad. I felt really bad. But uh, yeah, he's like, I wish oh, I had 32 man. gigs of RAM. So, <laughs> so yeah, I've only ever bought two Apple computers. The, the MacBook in 2006, the BlackBook, as it has been yes. known. Um, and then my 2011 MacBook Pro. Um when I came back from Denver and had, had a little bit of cash to blow. So that's interesting. Um, so the only, like I bought a $725 used 12 inch power book. I had the school buy me a $2,500 MacBook pro. Um, and other than that, I've never bought myself a personal Mac. Those are the only two Macs I've ever had. Now, so Blair, my wife, started grad school. And so we, we bought her a MacBook Escape. Um, but I mean, that's like cheapest model. And they just brought it down before we bought it, which was great. So I mean, that was like $12.99. No, it was $14.99 because we got 16 gigabytes of memory as any computer worth its salt. I wish have. I had 32 gigs of memory. <laughs> <laughs> But, so I mean, you you, you kind of I mean you're not using it, but you did purchase it. Certainly, certainly. Yeah, and I mean, so got the 2014 MacBook Pro at work, 15 inch, and then, uh, gosh, I don't even remember when. I guess it's been almost a year when I got the 2016 
15 inch MacBook Pro that used to belong to you when we worked at the same place. Yeah, 13 months. Yeah. Uh, About nine days. I, uh, what, it's really, it's really odd. Like, obviously, there's a whole, you know, hubbub about the, the keyboard on these things and on the, the it's MacBook. Great, it's great keyboard. The MacBook adorable. And, you know, I mean, I've had the issue pop up where a key gets stuck and it really uh, several, several of them, actually. I mean, it's happened at least, I'd say to at least three keys. So how long, how long does it get stuck for you? Not very long. That, okay. That's the thing is like, it's never you crush it into oblivion. I guess. I mean, it's never an extended nuisance. Yeah. Some of that may be though, because I have this 2015, 27 inch 5k iMac that is my primary machine at work. And so this, you know, this 2016 MacBook Pro is really my secondary machine. And let, if, I'm, if I'm being honest, uh, a lot of days it's like not even my secondary machine because I'll... It's your tertiary machine. Yeah, I'll use this iPad Pro Yeah. Um, depending on what I'm doing. Like if I'm at home and I need to edit video or, or do something like that, then yeah, I'm on, I'm on the MacBook Pro. But uh, if I'm at home and I'm just doing email or... Um, Netflix or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get on the iPad. Like, I mean, that's just that's just what it is. Or, or if I'm doing a game, I take the iPad Pro. Like, I mean, that's my machine I work from now. Um, just depends on what what workflow I'm engaging at the moment. But I think that helps make the issue not as prevalent um, because I'm just not as I'm not on it. It's not my primary machine. I mean, I do spend quite a bit of time out on it, especially this last month when I've been working from home so much. Uh, but it, it's not my primary machine when I'm at the office. It's that big, beautiful beast of a 5K uh, wonder and, and splendor uh, that iMac, man. It's very that, nice. That's my favorite Mac of all time. And it's not even mine. Like, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's the company's machine, but... Hmm. It's my baby, and I'm. I mean, I have you to thank for that one too, because like I, I didn't even think about it, and uh, but I was doing a lot more video work, and I'm glad I did get it because I mean that's like all I do now is making videos, and uh, it certainly certainly helps for screen capture and for output, and and I do a lot of design work now too that I wasn't doing as much at the time, but. I love that thing. Like when I'm this past month, when I've been at home, I just didn't go in. Like usually if I'm going to have a long stretch of, of time, uh, like when I had paternity leave, uh, the eight weeks, I took that thing to my house because I, that's how much I love that machine. And you know, if, you know, whatever, if something ever happened and I was no longer employed, uh, at the, at this great company that gives me my Apple products, um, I would find a way, you know, to get, to get one, you know, if I, if I ever did get forced into becoming a full-time self-employed person someday, you know, I would need that machine to do the type of work that I would be doing at that point. And man, oh man, I love it. I would love to get an iMac pro someday. I I don't really know what the Mac pro is going to be or if it would even hold any real interest to me. Like I feel like the iMac pro and and the, the iMac that I have now is plenty of machine for me. I am starting to shoot 4k and it, it, those fans start spinning as soon as I start, you know, playing through files. Um, 
So long term, I think, you know, I could see the need for a machine like an iMac Pro or whatever the Mac Pro ends up being. But the Mac Pro is going to be ridiculously expensive. Not that the iMac Pro is cheap, but likely so. I th- I mean, even that standard config would be would be pretty good um, option for for my needs. But this iMac now is is doing good. I mean, the 4K video slows it down a little bit, but nothing uh, too noticeable yet. I just love that machine, man. And people give me such a hard time about it, but it's just it's like everything that a Mac you know, the Apple thinks is important, right? This beautiful screen and this, you know, this, this power to do the creative type of things that you want to do. I mean, obviously I could do this on, uh, you know, a Dell specced out, you know, 15 inch laptop or whatever they have. I don't even think, I don't think anyone at, at the company has 15 inch Dells. They're all like 13 inch, aren't they? I feel like they were 14 inches. Oh, maybe. I don't, I don't know. But, man, I, I literally come to work every day and I'm happy when I get in front of that machine. And when people give me a hard time about, oh, you're just the Apple fanboy, I'm like, do you, are you, do you feel any joy when you sit down at your desk and turn, you know, open that screen or whatever it is you do with those, those laptop things? Because when I hit that button and I hear that chime and I see this 5K wonder in front of me, I'm happy. And then, you know, I start working and it, it it goes away. But for that moment in, in time, I'm like, I could do this. Like I could do this every day. This machine is, is wondrous. And when it ages out, I don't know what I'm going to do because that thing is not going in the lottery. Like, I don't know how I'm going to make that happen. But if that gets in the lottery and some rando out in the world gets it. That's just you have to find the rando. That's pay, just gonna be double. that's gonna be too much for me. I'll just hold on to it. I'll just you'll, not let them find a way. Not let them put it in the lottery ever. You'll find a way. Oh man, that's my favorite Mac though, and it's not even mine. Like I don't even own it. Yeah, but it's yours. It's glorious as far as usage goes. And it's so funny to me because it's like, as much as I love iPads. And that experience and, and, you know, my first Mac was, was a laptop and I never would have thought that I would have this love affair with a desktop computer, you know, like I thought those days were just way gone. But when I'm editing video, there's nowhere else I would rather be than in front of that, that screen. And man, like it it cracks me up when I think about how the world has changed with iOS that that is my favorite device that this big behemoth has become my favorite device. When I think about this, isn't the future, <laughs> like this is not the future of computing, but man, I, I love this thing. It's still, it's still the future of video editing though. I think. Yeah. If you want to like do it in style, real video editing. I mean, yeah, you can, you, you don't want to be in this big, huge edit bay, like working on Avid or whatever. <laughs> like if, if you want to be cool while you're doing video, then, then yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things that desktop computers will probably live the longest for. I mean, probably development design and photo and video editing. Yeah. Man, oh man. I love it so much. <laughs> It's just like this real joy when I get in front of it. I'm like, oh man, it's a I great, love this it's a machine. Great computer. Yeah. It's, it's gorgeous. Oh man. 
looks really good at my house. So whenever I have opportunities, I did joke around about getting a case for it uh, because an eye lugger. The several times that I have moved it, it has gone unharmed. But one time when I had to move desks, like officially at work, oh, I remember that. And they just the the movers that came in to move my stuff, they just thought it was a monitor. <laughs> Which, oh my God, like, don't even want to go down the thoughts I had there. They just thought it was a monitor and they put it in this huge trash bin with all the other cheap Dell monitors. And when it got to my, they brought it to my desk, set it down and walked away and it had a huge crack in the screen. I'm like, what are you guys, are you going to pretend like you don't see this, uh, this huge, uh, this horrible thing that you did to my my computer. They it's just amazing. set it down and walked away. I actually moved again um, in April, you know, when I moved back to HR and uh, I moved it myself. I mean, like there's no way, there was no way I was going to let them move it after yeah, that. Never again. And, and I mean, they like, there have been some, some really ludicrous things that have happened with, cause our desks are, are they're not, you know, stuck cubes anymore right i mean they're modular and the desks themselves you could just move like there's nothing holding it down or like really keeping it down so other people moved recently before i moved back to hr and they just moved their entire desk like they you know just because it was literally Hmm. just one down and and across and they got in trouble for doing that like because when the movers came it was already done and then the movers complained to, you know, whoever. And then, like, they had to reprimand the people oh that did gosh. that. Guess who did not get reprimanded? <laughs> me. Because the same guy that I'm moved Xavier. it. The same guy that brought it to me when it was broken was moving me that day. And he was like, oh, I saw you already moved your iMac. I hit it. I wasn't going to bring it out until they were done bringing my boxes. But um, he knew, like he knew who I was. And he's like, I saw that it wasn't down there. So I, I, I assumed you moved it. And I was like, yeah, I did. Happened to have done that. Nothing nothing happened. I didn't get reprimanded <laughs> then. Did you say anything more about yeah, that? Yeah. I didn't think so. Didn't want another $600 repair uh, for oh my screen. Oh, my goodness. But that's a deep tangent. But anyway, I'm very protective of it. And... Um, I, but I would say now, I mean, other than that, like my favorite device just in day-to-day use that, I mean, it's hard, it's hard cause I love this phone, right? I, I, I really love the 10, but in terms of like real computing needs or when I'm just relaxing and consuming media or whatever, I really like this 13 inch Mac or this 13 inch iPad pro 12.9, whatever you want to call it. I, I, I didn't realize how much I would like that size. When you said it earlier, it's perfect as a desk iPad, right? Um, you know, so if I'm calling a game, it's perfect for switching back and forth between Twitter and, and notes and, um, you know, just keeping up with what, what I'm seeing, you know, out on the field or whatever. Like it's, it's the perfect travel machine for, for specific needs like that, where you're not 
like I would never want to edit video on this, but maybe someday that'll be possible. I don't know. I mean, if Adobe ever gets their act together and puts, you know, professional level products on it, then I I could see a future where that happens. Uh, I could see, you know, cutting and splicing and all that stuff with a, with a pencil and, um, but just day-to-day use, I really think I'm to a point where I prefer this iPad pro over, um, the MacBook pro in general use. Obviously I, I'm not going to edit a video or, or do any of that, uh, on it, but I, w- I would say it's my, my favorite all purpose device is this, this 13 inch, I keep saying 13, the 12.9 iPad pro and you know, if rumors are, are to be believed, you know, the things that are going to happen to these iPads in, in this, this next release, I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be amazing. Um, so I don't know how I'm going to, how I'm going to manage, uh, making, making that happen someday, but, um, yeah, I really like these more and, you know, I, I bought a 9.7 inch iPad pro before I got my hands on this, you know, through other circumstances that happened. Uh, but, uh, it's just like, it's just a hair too small. You know, the, I'm sure the 10.5 inch is, is just the right size typing. I don't know. I mean, I haven't used one, but I could, I have played with that smart keyboard and it does feel just a little bit more true, you know, but like, I have no problems taking this to, you know, it, it's a perfect companion for like conferences. I mean, I've taken it to, to a couple conferences and it's wide enough that it fits well in your lap and it's sturdy enough with the smart keyboard to type. Like it's, it's not this weird experience of, you know, trying to force the iPad to do something that really I should be using a laptop for. It's not like that. I mean, it really can serve those purposes and it's so light. I mean, when it's the only thing in my bag, like if I go to a, a game or like when I went to these conferences, when it's the only thing in your bag, <laughs> It's like, are you even wearing a backpack? Like, it feels weird. You feel like something, something's wrong, but, um, it's, it's just so different needs wise from the phone that, I mean, I would much rather watch video and, and do, obviously cause it's a bigger screen, but I don't know. Like it's, it's funny to me how segmented purposes have become for the different devices when, when I have access to, to, basically all of them that I would want. I mean, I'm like, I'm a really spoiled kid in my work life and, and in my personal life. But, um, I, I didn't expect to love the big iPad as much as I do. And it's interesting when you talk about usage of devices, because I really, I don't, I don't use much more than my phone very often. Outside of, so, I mean, at work, I use my PC and two monitors and I have to have a PC at work for what we do. And I'm all right with that. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't use my iPad very often at all. I would, I would use, I would use an iPad mini more often, but that's just a dead end street. I mean, that's even more, that's, <laughs> It's arguably even more of a dead end than the SE, you know, to be determined. But I mean, the iPad mini has much less of a chance than the SE of ever being updated. Of there ever being a place to go with it. 
which is sad. And I don't, I don't quite understand. I mean, the biggest argument against the mini is that it's just so much less apt for multitasking, which is where iOS and the iPad is going. But at the same time, no matter how many multitasking features they built in to iPads, a significant percentage of iPad users are never going to use yeah, more than one app. For sure. I mean, darn near. I, I would guess I would guess a majority of iPad users have in the last year of their iPad usage never used more than one app. I mean, I would just think based on based on just normal people's usage because most people are using their iPads as a, as a big phone in most cases. Yeah. Right. And especially because there is some management that has to be done and some understanding that has to be had to use multitasking on the iPad. It's, it's far, far less intuitive, I think, than, than the Mac and it's windows because Windows, you can just drag arbitrary places and people understand how computers work because you have to, you know, I mean, that's, that's historically. Are you saying this isn't a computer? <laughs> <laughs> you historically understand how personal computers have been used and what, traditional desktops. Yes. Um, but I really, I don't think, I mean, intuitive. That will change though. That will, will change over time people because, die off. yeah. <laughs> but I think, like, I wonder. I should ask my dad. My dad has an iPad Mini Four that he loves and uses a good bit. But I bet you he never uses multiple apps on that. Um, it's just not a good experience on that small of a screen. No, but even I mean that's that's almost set means separate from that conversation even. I think if he had a if he had a nine point seven, he would still just he would pull up this app to read the news and yeah. read the sports and to look at the scores. It and, really comes down to use cases of you know certain things that you're doing where you would benefit from having to almost almost more like approach to computing than use cases and approach to multitasking. And I mean, the one thing that Syracuse talks about a lot that annoys him so much is like Windows almost encourages and has for its whole entire being encourages maximizing one window and having that be the one window that you use. And granted, like you're talking about history of computing. When you start off with 13 inch, 11 inch CRT monitors in the early days of our PC usage, like it didn't, like you couldn't, it really didn't make sense to have more than one window. Um, yeah on there, you know, plus the fact that like you could really only run so many apps on, in those early days with as many resources as you had before things got really, really bogged down. So I, I think early on, you know, people were a little bit more sensible to maximize one window. Now, now it is uh, a little bananas. And I, I guess I, I say that maybe the snap features that have been a part of windows, since Windows 7, which I love and use liberally, maybe those Snap features do have people using iPad multitasking more than I think they would because 
honestly, that's how it's kind of similar. Yeah. That's very similar to how, how iPod multitasking is initiated. Um, the other problem with iPad multitasking is I still don't understand how it works every time because it's like, who knows what's happening? And, and when it remember, like if you get a certain combination and then it keeps remembering that combination and I'm like, no, I just want to pull up Slack full screen. But when I click Slack, it comes up back in that familiar, uh, you know, configuration that I had. And I don't understand how to break it or how to how to set up a new one. And, you know, some apps, they only do slide over. They don't do, you know, like the true true multitasking as mm-hmm. it were it's like I, I can't and if i can't comprehend it like if i don't have a task on it as someone that <laughs> tries to use it then yeah how is like just a a, a general ios user gonna ever figure it out absolutely it's frustrating that, it's a it's a tough problem to solve i mean I think it is really a good implementation of windowless multitasking. One one place I always took my iPad um, was where I would really use the multitasking was anytime I was taking some kind of notes, right? So where whatever that is, meetings, um, church, whatever, whatever, wherever I would be taking notes. Um, but I've noticed that since I got the ten, I. I don't take the iPad with me, like, unless I'm at work, you know, like if I'm at work where I already have the iPad, you know, I'll take it to meetings instead of my laptop or, or whatever. But if I'm out in away from a work setting and I'm, it's not somewhere where I would just naturally take the iPad with me anymore. I'm not like, so a perfect example of that is church. So now, now I just, because the, the quick switching between apps is, is so much easier. Um, and, and, is it just the 10 or is it iOS 11 in general? Okay. So just 10. Yeah. The way you can just quickly, you know, switch back and forth between the most recently used apps. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just notes, Bible notes, but like it's, it, I don't, I don't feel the need to carry that iPad with me anymore, even though it was a great device, you know, that 9.7 inch or the 10.5, like whatever you have was a great device for doing that. And I would prefer to have the keyboard, I would be much more accurate and quicker with my notes. Um, but it's just like, is it worth the hassle of carrying that with me? And when I just can just, I'm always going to have my phone. Like, you know, that's not a question. Um, so I've, I have found that since I have the 10, I use multitasking a lot less just in general. Um, because the use cases where I would use it, um, I, I, I don't feel the need to always have it with me now. Because, you know, one little, one little design implementation because of how the phone is now and, it, you know, it's going to spread. It's it's only going to keep going like that. Uh, the phone is kind of eating into some of my, my specific iPad usage that I had. That's an interesting. We haven't even talked really about the point. 10, which I mean, if I had to say uh, now, my Mac history is a lot more condensed than, uh, or a lot uh, more sparse, I should say, than my iPhone history. Because I've had an iPhone since the 3G every two years until I broke that <laughs> broke that mold uh, this past year. Um, you know, so I've I've had way more experience in in you know 
just exposure to the various iPhone models than I have, um, you know, buying laptops every generation or, um, yeah, iPads. I had my first, I I did buy an, an original iPad. This was back in my Denver days when I was making some good cash. Um, and it was just no big deal to go get an iPad. Uh, so I had that first model and then I upgraded to the air or to the iPad two Cause you know, it was just insanely thinner. Um, but then I didn't, I didn't, uh, end up getting, um, a, a new iPad until, uh, the mini two, the first mini that had retina. Um, I just was drawn to that, that mini, uh, size for some reason I, I don't even really remember i think it was because like we had our first child and i was like this is going to be easier for them to hold and use you know as they're growing up and uh then through some weird accident it got crushed and i took it to get fixed and the people that fixed it like just completely killed it and so they gave me wasn't a child involved in yeah, the the, weird a, a child was involved in the crushing, but I, the weird accident to me is that I took it to get fixed yes. and they uh, destroyed it. Yes. And so then they gave, just gave me an air. Um, and so I had that for a while. And then um, when the, the, the iPad Pros came out, uh, I didn't think I would be interested in the, the 12.9. I used it occasionally. And, you know, we would share it some. But um, when the 9.7 was announced and... I just felt like that form factor would be more what I would want to take around and, and use for specific things. And uh, so I bought that, used it a lot, you know, that first year. And then, uh, you know, I got my hands on the 12.9 after you left and it, I really don't, I don't even use that 9.7 anymore. It's just, it's just kind of become the kids, uh, iPad, you know, at, they don't get to use it very often because it's, you know, it's a pretty expensive iPad that I don't want them to have another accident with. But, um, the most it gets used now is when we travel and I put it, it becomes uh, Everly's uh, screen when we're driving long distances and she needs something to d- distract her from screaming, um, which is a pretty sad use for it now. But that's just, that's just what's happened because this 12.9 inches uh, has become my, become the uh, apple of my eye. Mm. Yeah. As I was saying that, I was like, oh, God, am I saying this? This is happening. Yeah, this is really happening. Oh, boy. But the 10... Um, I mean, it's by far my favorite iPhone that I've that I've had. I mean, it has its its flaws for sure, but just first off, I mean, once you go to the the edge to edge screen, there's there's no going back from that. Like, so don't get one <laughs> unless you're ready. And, and eventually, that's going to be the standard. Like that, that's just going to spread out. You know, it's it's not like they're gonna not keep expanding that in some way. I, but I just, I just wonder if the SE size is going to be around when it goes all that way, because I, I can see a real possibility that they either never come out with another SE or they come out with, in which case you're SE. just going to have to get over it. <laughs> you're I just going to have to dive I in. I will because at some point it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be untenable yeah. to not update to something. And if I updated to something, I would update to the 10 or the 10 S or whatever it may be. Um, and, and that's, there's a lot more to be gained from a two handed phone in the 10 than there is in the, in this 
in the six, seven, eight form factor. Um, so I feel like what yeah. I'm giving up is, is actually getting me more in return. Um, I mean, I, that, that's really, so I started with the, I started with the three GS and started always a, a generation behind because I started on T-Mobile and unlocking mm-hmm. devices and, yeah. um, avoiding paying for data, data plans. It's crazy to me that, you know, like the iPhone didn't really expand until the four it's and it was crazy. even, it was late in the four cycle. I, I mean, before wild. Verizon got it, it February. was, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, I guess I just was lucky enough to have always been on singular and then, you know, it, what became AT&T. Yeah. It's just like, people don't think about that. Like it really was, you know, it didn't expand and become this behemoth and until, you know, it's really, it's well, fourth edition. Yes. Yes. And no. Um, I mean, it was, it was a well selling phone. It was the most sold phone. Um, I mean, it was doing well, but it wasn't this globally just, just everyone, you know, it just exploded. Right. Right. I mean, at a certain point it just poof. And then it just, uh, it just kept going up and up and up. And then, you know, we're starting to get more into the, the, the uh, level off point, but. So I should actually start off with before the iPhone 3GS, I, I bought, um, cause that LG flip phone, right? Yeah. Well, so yeah. I had an LG flip phone <laughs> and I bought the iPod touch the first week it came out, bought it from the computer store at the university of Arkansas because what I, I, like I wanted like anybody that I knew when I first got to college, um, which was the fall after the iPhone came out in June, end of June, anybody who had an iPhone, like I would just want to just like use it for any amount of time. Like yeah. I remember I was, I was actually working in the movie theater the summer that it came out. And when I would get my 35 minute break, then I would just go to the AT&T store and just play <laughs> with the iPhone for 35 minutes is what yeah. I would do. Um, then I would get back to work. But um, I mean, I, I loved the form factor. I mean, it was, it was great. I mean, it was the, no one, we wouldn't have to be the you know, thousand people to say the iPhone was a, revelation um but like i wanted that but i did not want to pay for like a data a data plan as expensive as it was back then was not worth me paying for it just wasn't 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 worth that and i just so i I bought the ipod touch and i used the ipod touch like in my pocket from that point on was my ipod touch and my flip phone and especially on the college campus like you had wi-fi all over the campus which is great um and so I would use it just, you know, all over campus, which is where I was almost all the time. Um, and there was this weird Wi-Fi network I could pick up from the Walmart behind the movie theater I worked at in in, uh, in the summer during college. And so sometimes I could pick up that Wi-Fi network and that was kind of strange. But um, so you would you would do a lot of searching for Wi-Fi networks with your iPod touch and did a lot of that. Um, but I, I loved that form factor. It was great. Um, and, and eventually I got to the iPhone 3GS. Um, and, but I got to the iPhone 3GS after the iPhone 4 came out because you couldn't unlock the latest version because the exploits wouldn't come out in time. So anyways, you had to stay a generation behind. And it did pain me to a great extent because... The retina screen of all the retina yeah. screens, the iPhone retina screen 
is the biggest difference in the well, and it was the first, and it was the well, and it was the first, absolutely. So maybe that has a lot to do with it. It was just the fact that like not seeing those pixels, and then having a phone where you could just see them all over the place. Yeah. Um, plus the fact that like the four was just a great, I mean, great material design. Yeah. Um, uh, unless you wanted to like keep a phone call, you know, I never had that problem. I, I, I didn't make a lot of phone calls, but certainly, certainly. So, I mean, I, I would like, if I like stuck the phone in the palm of my hand in that corner, like I could have the issue. Um, but if you just held it right, then Whoa, you, didn't, hey. you didn't have hey the now. issue. Um, and actually I got a bumper and I, the bumper's the best case. I loved the bumper case. Um, big fan of the bumper case. And it, I, I really wish they made a bumper for, for phones still, but so I got the, then I got the iPhone four a year after I got the three GS when the four S came out and it was a year behind. And so I could get it and unlock it and, and do the whole rigmarole, um, and use that for a couple of years. And then we went official cause we moved to Conway and <laughs> we had no, official. we had no T-Mobile service at our house, like just none. And so we went official and got iPhone fives on Verizon. Um, and used the iPhone five for two years. Um, a great phone factor. And then I got the iPhone six when the iPhone six came out cause two years was up and there's this great new form factor. And I just always felt like, and CGP Ray and Brady Heron have talked about this to a certain extent, that like that 4.7 inch was just like seemed like in between what it needed to be for me because it's a really small two-handed device for me yeah and it's a really too big one-handed device i think i've realized why this is not an issue for me through the course of this god knows how long we've been talking at this point um well over two hours now but I, I I think I've realized why I have such a hard time understanding your, you know, whatever it is that you're caught up with. It's because I never, ever, ever type with one hand. Never. And I've never had a desire to. Like, I've never, I've never had a desire to try those other keyboards. Anytime I'm ever typing, it's always with two hands. Did you type with two hands on the three and oh, a yeah. half inch? Every, every phone, yeah. Really? Because I'm faster with two hands than I am with just one. I'm I'm much more. I can do it much more quickly with That's two hands. You know, because I it, it's kind of like typing on a keyboard where this thumb only does these certain letters and this thumb only does these certain letters. It's I never I never have. You know, I mean I'm sure there's times when I'm just like okay, you know, with one hand, right. but like. Anytime I'm typing, I'm always using two That's hands. That's interesting. So, I mean, I wonder how much of this is, and actually, I mean, I wonder where this lands with you, is that a, a great bit of my experience with phones, and actually, the, so the 6 came out in 2014, and we had our second child in 2014. Um, so I mean like a lot of my phone usage is while taking care of kids. And that's one reason why sometimes I only have one hand to be using a phone with. Um, and so it can be so much more convenient for me to, to have a, a device that I can use one handed. Um, I mean, when I'm just like 
feeding kids with bottles. It's like, well, you know. Yeah. I mean, for browsing and, and you know, doing Twitter and stuff, yeah, I'd just use one hand. But anytime I'm going to be typing something or sending a message, it's an automatic the other hand comes in. Like, yeah, it's just never, never a thing for me. I mean, I, I use the phone with one hand a lot for like getting Swiping. to things. Yeah. Mm. And like podcast, you know, playing podcasts or, or whatnot. But anytime I'm going to be like, you know, if I'm taking notes on it, two hands, no question. <laughs> like I'm just so much more efficient with two hands. It's just never even entered my mind to try just, you know, having typing with one hand. And so that, like, I understand now why I have this disconnect with you about this because it's, it's never been an issue for me. You know, I, uh, I was kind of got on the similar path as you, right? I, I was a 3G though. And so 3G was my first phone, then four, then five, then six, then set. Like, I mean, I just every two years. Um, so when, when it did expand, uh, with the six, it just never was a problem to, for me. I mean, certainly there are certain things where it's uncomfortable, to, to have, you know, try and use it with one hand. I think particularly if I'm laying down, that's difficult. Anytime I need to get up in that upper left corner, it's hard, right? If I'm just laying down and using one hand. But um, I think that's why I, I just never have understood people's uh, hangups with that. But I think it has to do with just typing for me has always been two hands. And then to go from the 4.7 to a, a slightly different form factor, but it's almost for me. It's almost different enough that it is just not even a, even those areas where it is, was a problem with the the six and the seven. Now it's so much, it's so much higher and up to the left that I just I'm never gonna even try it. So like this form factor, it 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 takes away even those minor uh, annoyances. They're still annoyances, I guess, but I just. They don't even become annoyances because I just know I'm never going to try and do it with one hand. So I guess I've just like caved into, uh, you know, the future they've given me and I, yeah. I'm not questioning my reality, but. That's a good way to be. That's a good way Compliance to be. Compliance is great. I'm ready, ready to comply. I'm like the winter soldier. Spoiler. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I forgot you're I'm a little behind. By the way, you know, like, come on. Yes, you need to watch all the other movies before you see Infinity War. I mean, I made a list for you, and I totally you could just watch those movies and and not watch the others and be fine. But at that point, you're watching eleven. You might as well might as well watch the other. Well, first of all, those eleven primary you've got to watch them before you watch Infinity War. There are maybe three others three or four others that I think you should absolutely watch, but aren't as important to see in infinity war because they're just more siloed stories. They're still great. Um, but at that point, like you've watched 14 or 15. Yeah. You might as well watch uh, the other three and then, you know, go see infinity war. So we'll see. I mean, it, it just sounds like infinity war, infinity war, infinity wars. I think it's, Infinity Wars. Okay, that's what I, I thought. Know. It sounds to me like Infinity Wars had some interesting happenings and maybe worth seeing. And I just felt like, well, but do I have to just totally start from the beginning? But and- there's so many, like, it's like the ultimate team-up movie. Like, they've had a few team-up movies 
you know, already. Um, but this is like the ultimate team up movie because it's basically three separate storylines going on with just groups of people. Right. Like, and so you get some interesting pairings that we, some of them we've had before, but some of them we haven't. And so like seeing all these different characters interact in these unique pairings. Yeah. Um, but you wouldn't like, you just, it's not going to be as impactful if you don't no, know these characters. Absolutely. So I'm just, I'm just trying to help I guess you out. I have a hard time with superhero movies because they, they seem just really formulaic. But Marvel to me. movies are great. Like even if they are formulaic, they're always consistently pretty. You know, pretty good. I don't to know good. They're great. I mean, they're always, there are some they're that always, are great. They're always maybe so. I mean, I Civil seen War them is great. Winter maybe, Soldier is great. Spider Man so. Homecoming is great. Spider Man Homecoming was great. I really enjoyed Spider Man. Spider Man Homecoming. Not to spoil a future episode at some point, but that might be my favorite Marvel movie out of the lot. Hey. I really love that movie. Yeah, it was good. It. Well, it was better than good, but it was just like the whole time I was watching, I was like, "Yes, this is a spy. This is the Spider-Man movie yeah, no. that we deserve." That's absolutely true. It I was, did see. Uh, I saw Deadpool a couple of days ago, and I saw Deadpool two the next day, and but not a part of the MCU. They were going to so, know, you know. <laughs> and I will say about Deadpool, it was so there are parts of it that are dirty, but they're like not. They're dirty to a point where it's like kind of easy to avoid. Like you can just look away from the screen because it's obvious what's about to happen, sort of stuff. And to a certain, like to a great extent, it's just kind of a tongue-in-cheek Marvel movie. I think it's kind of overplayed how how just insanely over the top it is. Over the top it is. Yeah, I yeah. Didn't, I didn't feel like it was I, that much. So I wouldn't know. I haven't seen them, but a lot of that has to do with my dislike. Irrational dislike for Ryan Reynolds. I don't even know what it is about him, but I'm just like, I, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to see this. I don't know. Uh-oh. I don't know. It's never going to happen. Westworld update. Where are you? Uh, still on episode one. Are you? <laughs> have you finished it? I finished episode oh, one. Gosh, yeah. man, he he killed them all. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta catch up, man. I know. Four and five are great. I'm I'm looking forward to them. The first three episodes, eh, set like, up, set yeah. up, set up for four and five. Well, and it's it it's just it's fun because you know, like obviously, season one, you were either you may not have been aware, but at a certain point, you become aware that it's multiple timelines, right, or two timelines yeah. going on. Um, it becomes clear later in the season that that's what's happening. But some people like they get through it and they're like, they never, they don't even realize. Right. Um, I didn't realize until very late. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, I kind of felt like maybe that's what was happening, but yeah, I mean, you're not sure, sure until pretty late in the game, but, um, going into this season, I'm like, how, how are they going to capture that same like mechanism that same? Cause that, that made it, fun it made it made it really fun to watch it a second time because you're like oh gosh like there are even still scenes where you're like it is this like which timeline is this because you know some of the characters spoiler are robots so you don't know <laughs> like you don't know uh, you know it's not really a spoiler as much i know as I'm, just, I'm just joking because well because there's one that is a robot that you are don't they? know is a robot and are they really just robots well hey come on come on now <laughs> but season two has has 
been able to still replicate this uh, multiple timeline thing, but it's just like a week difference instead of or a couple weeks difference, you know, through this mechanism with with Bernard, you know, having these memory leaks or or whatever they however they called it, and uh, and so and then they. Yeah, as you get in, they have some flashbacks that are even further back, but it's still, it's just like, it's just, it's been good. And they've gotten to a point, they've gotten to a point where it's, they kind of tip their hand a little bit on, you know, kind of the, the, at least the end game of this season, but maybe the end game of the entire show. And it's like, why didn't I realize that this is where this was heading? (laughs) You know, like I, I just had this moment of of wow, I didn't even really think of that. But now that I see it, it's like, of course, this is where this is heading. And now I'm like all in. Let's get there. You know, and it's probably not gonna get fully there by the end of the season. But like, I can I can now see a point of, oh, this is this this is how it can keep going because it's it's a show ultimately that. You know, it's it can't go on forever. Like, you know, it's it's much of a, a lost type show where you really kind of have to hone it in and figure out how many seasons you're going to do because you can't just keep going with this story. But now uh, episode four kind of gives you that tip and you're like, OK, let's and you're either in or you're not. And uh, I think most people who would watch a show about robots and becoming, you know, aware um, you're probably going to be in with this story in season two look forward to it, but you're not going to be in with it if you don't watch the episodes <laughs> and we can't ever talk about them uh, on, on this wonderful podcast that several uh, ones of people might listen to if, if you're not, if you're not watching the episodes, I'll get on that. Um, I'm going to prioritize those above the Marvel movies. Okay. Just so you know. Okay. Because we got a whole year until the next Avengers movie. Mm. So we got plenty of time for you to watch 18 movies. 19, I guess, with uh, with Infinity Wars. And you don't have to watch them all because you've watched some of them. The ones you've watched before, you can just get a little recap video or something. You, you don't have to watch them all. Watch all 18. Mm. I'm going to do it. I might as well do it. Westworld, man. Just I, watch it. I, I enjoy Westworld. I'm going to get back to that. 